episode 542 of the Pop Culture Roundtable, the podcast that's pretty good at technology, we swear. In this episode, we talk about Rabbit R1 and Disney's animated board game. I'm Andrew Sale. And I'm Patrick Hill. So power off and power back on again, because it's time to reboot another episode. off every episode by going back and forth across the table where we talk about things that are new, fun, and noteworthy about our weeks. Most noteworthy for those of you who are longtime listeners, you'll recognize that we are missing the dulcet tones of our friendly what? Let me stop you there. Because the way you just set this up is that this is like good news. What? No. You described <laughs> it as the most noteworthy thing that has happened to us. It's notable. So the, the around... Yeah, but I I think in this context, well, not this context. Hang on, wait. Generally speaking, hang on. Noteworthy is like can't wait to see how awesome this thing is. No, no, no. Because if you notice, I say new, fun, and noteworthy. I guess if I said or noteworthy, then it would be either or. I guess you could take it now. As, you've said it is new and fun, and no, it's, it's like both, a, yeah, it is both new yeah. and fun and noteworthy, or all things. Okay. Whatever, it's fine. It's not great, but so, Lauren's not ha, here. I, I'll set it up real quick. Okay, the biggest, cool. The biggest pile of suck this week is that Lauren's not here. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, Lauren's uh, Lauren's in it. So everybody knows she just moved. Her internet's broken, so she couldn't make the episode. She's very sad. We're still waiting for like the big reveal of her new space, which, if I had to guess, is going to be some combination of shelves, posters, and a cat. Uh, yeah. But who's to say? It could be anything. Or it could just be this dark abyss with a single glowing moon in the corner like mine. <laughs> I don't think um, she's as sad as you are. <laughs> uh, one of these days, and by one of these days, I mean probably in the next week or two, this room will actually shape up into being something now that everything sure. is said and done. Okay. No, no, I hear you. Well, all of that being said, Patrick, anything cool, fun happened to you this week? Oh, I'm going to take my time and I'm going to take Lauren's time. Uh, a couple quick right. things. Uh, number is one. So- wait, is it Patrick's soapbox today? It's not soapbox today. <laughs> okay. All right. That's uh, fine. Go ahead. Number one, uh, Andrew, Andrew, you and Becca gifted Mackenzie and I a puzzle. Appreciate it. We've done it. It's finished. It was a two-sided uh, Disney puzzle. I just want to throw this out there. We appreciate that. We enjoy doing puzzles. Great gift, all that stuff. Quality control on Disney-produced puzzles is terrible. I uh, see like, that, yeah. It's just bad. There were two pieces missing. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the cut. there's too many of, like, the same shape. Or either that or the fit is bad enough that there's too many opportunities for, the, like, the wrong piece to fit in the wrong spot yeah it's, and it's because, ambiguous enough that that the yeah. pieces that shouldn't go there can fit and because a large percentage of the puzzle was a repeating pattern it was brutal so we love the the subject matter we love doing puzzles but i mean and i understand that the advent puzzle was not actually a disney puzzle but i think the problem is the last two disney puzzles i've done there was like something wrong with them that it just makes me go like no more Disney puzzles. But that being said, the one that you put together was for sure a Disney puzzle because oh, we bought it on the real. cruise. So like that's there's no excuse for that. The box other, looked great. The box does look great. Um, yeah. 
did is it possible that Mackenzie took those two and is just waiting to put them in because she wanted to be the last one to put them in? We have a theory that she had like her blanket because she was cold and that uh, she just dropped pieces into her blanket and then she mm-hmm. took the blanket somewhere else and has deposited them around the house. Oh, so it is possible that that the quality that the quality control may only be with the shape of the pieces, not necessarily the number of pieces allocated. Correct. It, okay, it, so we don't know possible. for sure yeah, yeah. That, that, that it is Disney's fault that there is a lack of but pieces. We put the puzzle together within 48 hours, so to be yes. missing two pieces right. seems unlikely. Okay, so so wait, on what, on which side? On your side or on their side? It seems unlikely that we cost it, but has McKenzie, much like deer ticks, picked them up and moved them to another place before? Yes, we have found puzzle pieces one room over before. Okay, all right. Well, and we know you guys have scorpions, so it's entirely possible they picked it up from there and they carried it somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, Second thing, we finally got the first uh, production photo from Severance. Severance is being filmed (sighs) now. Apple finally tweeted X'd out their first, you know, I don't even like mentioning it. Is it called X'd out? I don't mean it. it, It's not meant to be a joke, but I feel compelled to not use the Twitter verbiage. But I also hate the fact that I reference it every time. But like, revert the name. Revert the name. But the point is, they tweeted out their first production photo of Severance. It's a Mark or whatever the character's name is, just running. That's it. It's just him running down a hallway, but uh, I just cannot wait for this show. I'm so excited. We've had to wait so long. Uh, one of my favorite TV shows in uh, recent his, uh, memory, history, whatever. Uh, in, in any event, Apple has, they've put out some uh, some bangers. So uh, the URL, yeah, yeah, no, no, it's the Twitter stuff is annoying. But we finally got our first set photo. Love that. Just need to throw that out here. And then here's the big uh, news this week. And this is made by um, Mutant. Did you see the Mutant news? Did you read it today, Andrew? What is mutant? Okay, so let's go through the names real quick. Uh, Eric Garza, Elijah Wood, Spencer Hickman, Mitch Putnam, Mo Shafiq, and Jenny Jacoby. So uh, Mondo to Electric Boogaloo. So basically, <laughs> SpectreVision, which is Elijah Wood's company, mm-hmm. and three quarters of the creative directors from Mondo, mm-hmm. um, with the support and work of Tim Leake from Drafthouse, Okay. Plus a board member from South by Southwest, which is Jenny. Um, and then still with licensing from Netflix and Paramount and Disney or, or maybe not Disney, but like uh, all these big studios, they have now reformed into a company called Mutant and it is made by Mutant.com. Their first pre-order is up right now, which is the soundtrack for Society of the Snow. They have a mutant version, which is in Spanish, and then they have the uh, regular version. Now, these aren't limited editions. Uh, these are pre-orders that will ship in March, I, I believe. On the site, if you click on posters, there's nothing listed yet, but it says our first releases are coming later this week. And there's already a a big group of artists that have signed on to be part of it. And it's all, I mean, it's basically 80% of people I think we've talked to on this show before. Uh, but this is this What's is the, the next, website again? It's made by mutant. Dot com. I think uh, Doc threw it in the chat. So this is uh, super, super exciting, this uh, stuff. 
none of us knew about it until I announced it. Jedi Robbies did not put this in Slack uh, eight hours ago. This is the first you're hearing about it. That's it. That's the next evolution. Excited to see some artwork later this week. I mean, the reality is that um, I don't know that any of this is, uh, from a business standpoint, profitable or worthwhile. I think everyone involved <laughs> has to do it for, just for the love of doing it. But I am glad to see. Genuinely. Yes, you, you 100% have to. But the great thing about this group of people is that we know they genuinely love it. We know that they genuinely love the art, love the artists, love the community. And so from that standpoint, wish them a ton of success. Hopefully we'll get some gallery shows in the near future. Hopefully, like, let's let's bring back some events. I'm very excited for what's going to come next. Because all these people, or most of these people, yeah. are still based out of Austin. So well, even, we, might, we, we might see a return of some gallery shows. Sure, but even like uh, seeing SpectreVision now partnering up, I mean, they've been doing stuff with Mondo and with Drafthouse for years. This is not yeah. like someone new or this isn't an unknown. This is a deep community member that's now part of it. So Yeah, this is, um, we're talking about Frodo Baggins. Here. Yeah, and he committed a cardinal sin. Yeah, that's not what I was going to talk about. But you're if you want to just throw him under the bus fully and completely and then just completely. go ahead. Walked out of a movie, he walked did. back in, and then asked Andrew, what did he miss? It's true. <laughs> Mr. I think that's like as <laughs> Mr. bad Elijah Wood. <laughs> that's as bad as your movie etiquette could possibly be. For this movie that that may not be ever seen by the masses. Cuz this is like that special. This was the uh who killed Don Quixote? Like the, the yeah, big, yeah, yeah, like the big one or whatever for the The one that, that took forever to make and like development yeah. hell and all this stuff, yeah. And uh yeah, he left for like 10 minutes or 15 minutes for a smoke break, came back and asked <laughs> what did I miss? <laughs> Listen, if we get a, f- a print for the film North, <laughs> you all have to help me get a copy of that. Is me- I am the only person that all of you know that regularly <laughs> referenced that film in any context. I the, hope we get the there's film. There's that North. one and Nell. Can we get one for Nell? <laughs> I refuse to do the voice anymore, but yes. Oh, man. I, w- I thought that that would prompt you into doing it. No. <sighs> okay. Anyway, um yeah, I, I so I have so many questions. Like, does that mean that their check finally ran out from Funko? <laughs> like, are they finally like have they finally been paid out all of their money? Is their um is their separation agreement like finally lapsed? Like there's so yeah, many I've things that are going about, through my head. Because this seems like it yeah. is a a a compete, right? This would fall under a, a do not compete. So who knows know. what those contracts look like and who and who knows if it was for all the stuff or just specific divisions or no clue. But I, 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 I'm sure that all the timing was as, as tight as it could be. <laughs> yeah. Much like, like with Conan O'Brien, the, like I legally prohibited from being on television tour that he did for that year. Like when, when he got fired from NBC and he just took that year and traveled and that was the name of his, yeah. that was the name of his show. Seems like a similar situation. Like the second they were allowed to be back on television, uh, they they hit the airwaves pretty hot. Seems like with that lineup of people and that commitment of of talent, like that's pretty incredible. Honestly, my hope for everybody is that they all got a paycheck out of it, and now they get to get back to what they love yeah. doing. I agree. That's that's my hope too. Because we love those guys. Like we love yeah, that team completely. of people. They've they've been great to us, and and it's been a it's been. I'm cool jealous to- of Mo. Like, I don't like being in, like near him because he is such a good dresser. 
Like I, oh, yeah. I already don't have a lot going for me. And then when I'm near him, I just feel the worst. Yeah. I think Eric Garza is maybe one step, one step behind him. Cause I think Eric is also a pretty snazzy dresser. Um, but Mo is a sharp dresser. Like he's, just, his hair is always just perfectly on point. And uh, yeah, honestly, he could be a Ken. Like that, that's what would make sense to me. Yes, absolutely. Like Eric Garza has more of the like, oh, I was using my big wrench to work on my car. Like, like I've got oil on me right now. He's like that a little bit. And you're right. Mo is more of like, he's like the Ken vibe. I just want to take a moment for the possibility that they're listening just to say, don't let this weird you out. We would love to talk to you about mutant. <laughs> like, I think this has ensured that I will get invited back. <laughs> oh, someone thinks highly of themselves. <laughs> okay. Anyway, that's well, it for me. So congratulations, yeah. mutant. All right. Um, I really only have uh, two things that I want to talk about. One is um, that there is a new show coming on and I'm pretty excited about it. This show I saw for the first time, I sent you and Mackenzie a link to it. You just blew it off. You just were like, ah, this sure. is trash. Mackenzie actually watched it. And then when we were at your house, we watched a trailer. I, wa- I had you watch the trailer for it again because it was clear to me that you weren't excited because you hadn't watched it. Yeah, I That show is Deal or No Deal Island, which sounds absolutely stupid it just sounds like an absolute garbage pit of of trash television oh which by the way i want to circle back to yum yucking and my my um my commitment for the year 2024 i'm going to circle back to that patrick you know what i'm talking about so hold me i do um the show in in concept is so stupid it's like combining deal or no deal with Amazing race with Survivor with the challenge. Like it's kind of in this amalgamation of all these different um all these different reality competition shows. But it looks so good when they show it to you. First of all, it's uh Joe Macanello. Macanello, Macanelli. How do you how do you say his name? No clue. Joe, come on, uh Kreider, you'll know who this is. Related to the guy. Plus Jedi, you you'll know even- who this is. Joe Macanello, I think is what it is. Macanelli, I don't know. Um, but he's the host of it, not not Mr. Howie Macanello, Manganello, Manganello. Sure, okay, cool. Um, but he uh, he is the host of it, and not um, not Howie Mandel. And it is on this island. You're supposedly at the Banker's Island, and you're going around to try to find uh, try to find money. It is the largest prize of any television show like reality show largest cast prize possible of any reality television show now that i'm starting to say it i feel like i'm wrong but i feel like it's like 200 million dollars or something there's crazy no, no there's no way Is it 20 that. million dollars it might it's be not two, it's not 200 million okay then i it's, well i'm glad i prefaced it by saying i'm not confident okay <laughs> because so this I'm is being, just Everything you're saying is not, not everything, just correct. the one thing. And I even said, I don't know that this is right. I but hope it's, it's $200,000. It's 50 bucks. <laughs> it's a gift card to Dave and Buster's. Um, no, it is. I think it's 20 million then. Um, 
it's the biggest cash prize that has ever been possible on t- on TV. That's kind of what they're touting this thing as. And if you're familiar with how Deal or No Deal works, um, the function of the actual getting of the uh, getting the deal uh, struck by the banker uh, is all the same. But the difference is you have to go around in these different competitions trying to find cases that are buried around this island, and you have to fight for these cases. Once you have a case, then you take it to the banker. The banker does the thing that the banker does. Um, so anyway, um, the thing that's so exciting about this is that there is a return of a couple of um, kind of, I don't know what you would call it, like reality show uh, champions, reality show kings. We got Rob from Survivor on there, who is by far one of the greatest to ever play the game. Um, and uh, he is on that show. So I am, if for no other reason to watch the show, uh, I'm excited because he is on it. So um, that show is coming out, I think, next week. I think it kicks off um, the first week of February. So we will be talking about that show. Patrick, you and I will be watching it. Um, sure. It looks like it's going to be. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Okay. Yes, it says $200 million. It says $200 million? Yes. No, but on the island, they say that instead of like you choosing your cases from the lineup, my understanding from the trailers, you have to go find the cases hidden along the in the island. Yes. And one of those cases will have $200 million in it. Wow. That's that's what they're that's what they're that's they're going to bury that case 60 feet underground. Sure. Yeah. And you can't get to and it's going to be on a different island. (laughs) But (laughs) but the understanding is that one of these cases will be worth two hundred million dollars which is insane to think of. So like they are really chomping at the bit to get to get viewers for this. So anyway, uh, Deal or No Deal Island. Um, I'm excited to watch that. And then uh, I have a game that I'm going to talk about briefly. And that is a game that you played uh, over the, the holiday break, Patrick. And that is Disney 100 Labyrinth. Let's see if I can hmm. get this to show on the screen. There we go labyrinth and so if you're familiar with the game labyrinth then you're better than i am because i didn't know what it was could you hear me smacking that into the microphone sure. yeah absolutely <laughs> great um the labyrinth is a game where uh the tiles can t- uh, like move as you go around the board you get characters that you have to identify on these cards if you can see right here um you see what character you're going after. In this case, they are Disney characters, classic Disney characters. And then you've got to find the best route to get there. So if you see, um, there's a big maze, it's a big labyrinth, but all the pieces, um, well, I guess half the pieces uh, in the labyrinth are movable. You slide from one side, which pushes one off the other end, and you've now created a new pathway for the labyrinth. And your goal is to try to get your piece to those characters, collect them, um, and as you go, uh, you get to flip your cards over. Once you've flipped over all of your cards, that means you've collected all your characters, that means you win. Um, deceivingly difficult, wouldn't you think, Patrick? To understand and play, very, very easy. Conceptually, it, it is very easy. The mechanic is also easy. Yes, but if you don't, number one, if you don't mask what you do, it is incredibly easy to be blocked. Yes. And the second piece is, it's difficult in... in one in terms of trying to plan ahead because you can't very much and two right. just keeping track of all the possible maze outcomes at any given time because I, I there's going to be plenty of times where there was a more optimal move for you to make but once you're juggling 10 or 15 options in your head you just miss that one yeah yeah so uh, it's it says it's seven and older 
Seven would be a ch- a challenge, I think. And the a games can be kind of long too. We had the four of us played. You can play up to four players. So we played the maximum number of players. Um, but I will say, like, I know it says seven and older, but I would say you need it to be a, you need to be at least ten to play this game because there's no way a seven year old's ever going to win if you're playing with an adult. Like, it's just not possible given this how the game is structured. Yeah. Um. You you have to have a little bit more of like a, um problem solving mind to do it. Uh, so I would say 10 and up, but otherwise uh, the art in it's great. The, the pieces were really nice. Um, it's really hard to find. It's actually a Ravensburger game. Um, and uh, so anyway, I would, I would check it. <laughs> I would check it out. Um, look it up. I think I bought this. I had to have my local game store order it for me. They had access to the distributor who who could get it from, but we couldn't even get it on Amazon anymore. So if you want one, um, head over to, and it was, it was really reasonable. I think it was like 35 bucks or something like that. Um, you can go and, uh, and just seek it out either online or find your local game store and they can probably get it for you. So that is Disney 100 Labyrinth. Um, okay. I think that's going to be it. Oh, Patrick, do you want to tell people the story? So Andrew texted me. Let me pull this up real quick. And you said, um, so that rash has gotten bigger. Hold on. It's right before this. (laughs) It's it's right right before that. Okay. 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 So he texted me and he said, um, there's a Dune part one and part two double feature. My response was, are you interested in taking a really long nap? (laughs) And then he said, this is part of my 2024. No yum milking agenda. Uh, And the idea is that Andrew, you tried to watch. Uh, Dune, the first one, three times that I know of, and all three times did not make it through the movie. Small amendment. I I tried watching it. I tried watching it two times and fell asleep. I did the third time. I was able to make it all the way through the movie. Okay. Okay. I just didn't particularly enjoy the movie. Which is fine. So I was surprised that you offered to go see the movie again because that's not a a small commitment i am very down to go see the movie again i loved the first movie i think that the experience in theaters is that's a movie you should see in theaters if you're going to see it Uh, i agree if i want to give this movie its best shot i need to see it in theaters because trying to watch it on hbo max in the comfort of my own living room leads to me falling asleep. You and Kreider might be on the same page with something because he said there's a difference between not yum milking and torturing yourself. It's like, wow, I don't think gravity is a good film, but if you said you can go watch gravity uh, on a big screen again, I would 100% go watch it on the big screen. So uh, doing what I'm excited. I do want to see the double feature. I mean, I'll have to take a full day off work to do this uh, or just not tell anybody for a full day, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can check your slack in between movies, right? Sure. Sounds good. Easy enough. It's really easy to just say, oh, my internet's not working. Right, Lauren? Okay. That's going to be it for our Around the Table. Let's head on over to our Master Categories. Every week we talk about the dice we rolled the week before. Those dice give us our categories. Those categories give us our topics. I think I flipped that, but you get the idea. This week we are talking... Sans Lauren, which like Patrick said, means we're in the wild west, y'all. We can just talk about whatever the heck we want. want. That being said, I did follow mine. But Patrick, why don't you kick us off and tell us what the heck Rabbit R1 is? I couldn't even tell you what mine was. Uh, I meant to talk about this a couple of uh, weeks ago, and uh, I did not. And that's uh, that's it. So Rabbit R1, you can go get it now. Pre-orders are available. Uh, Go ahead, Andrew. That was really short and to the point. 
I, um, I will tell you what it actually oh, is. Oh, okay, so, cool. Uh, the Rabbit R1 is a new device. It's a device designed, not not created by or or whatever, uh, purely aesthetically designed by Teenage Engineering, um, but it's actually created by a, another company, uh, Rabbit, um, and the and the R1 is their first device, and this is a personal. Hmm, I don't know exactly what they call it. I I don't want to say assistant. Uh, but it's a it's a personal companion. It's a it's a pocket companion, and the idea is that you ask the rabbit to do things for you. Just imagine her, the film her, and like the device that he carries in his pocket. It, think that that's basically what this device is, uh, and the idea is that you can ask it for um, uh, to do different tasks for you, and it does those tasks. Uh, yeah, chat, you're exactly correct with everything that that you're you're. Is being said now. What makes the rabbit different uh, than some other devices? So, if you're familiar with how, like, um, uh, a lot of, uh, let's say, like uh, LLMs work, these large language models. Uh, so, if you think of ChatGPT, those type of models, they are training. They're they're trained on <laughs> training. <laughs> they, they are, are training <laughs> on an amount, but a, a finite set of data. Uh, and then they are pulling responses from that. Now, what happened is those uh, two things would happen. Number one, it was just kind of like image matching. And image matching means that, like, uh, if you give it a set of, uh, uh, it could be letters or it could be words or it could be literally images. If you give it a set, it will just tell you the next most logical thing to come in that set. So that was the idea. Um, but that's not always accurate. It's just, uh, it's it's a prediction, but it's not necessarily correct. However, these LLMs get paired with tools, tools like a calculator. And so for certain things you ask for, it is actually using a tool that is correct. And so you're, you're merging this predictive uh, text with real tools. Uh, and, and all of that is great. But the thing is that uh, this training data is huge. I mean, you're talking about... Uh, uh, well, just a massive amount of data and just compiling that data. I mean, it's like millions of dollars every time you compile one of these uh, LLMs down to actually use it. Um, and of course, you would have to continue to update that, etc. Well, what makes the R1 different is rather than using an established finite set piece of, of uh, a set LLM, uh, they consider it a uh, learn a learning model. They have a name. I think it's a, a lamb. I believe is the name they they call it. I'd, I'll have to go back through the the paper. They have a research paper published on their website that explains it. But the idea is that it only learns how to do tasks, and you it learns by seeing you do it. So what you would do is if you want. For instance, like let's say that I want my Rabbit R1 to be able to start a live stream for me. Well, then what I do is I go create a new, I think they actually call them rabbits if I don't, they, whatever their tasks are. But you okay. go create a new task. I would go to the web page and I would go through the process of clicking through to start a, a stream. Okay. Yes. And it would see me do that. Then it will perform that action over and over and over, and then it will remember how to do that action. And in the future, I can say, uh, you know, I can ask my personal companion to start a new live stream and set the title to say this, and it will just do it. And it's not because it was ever programmed how to do it. It's because you showed it. 
It learns from seeing and then it remembers how to do it. And so along those lines, any and this is exactly how we work as humans, right? Like we remember how to, oh, I I know how to log into this portal and I just click these three buttons and I enter in this information. Like that's how we remember to do things. And that's also how the R1 remembers to do things. So you can create tasks to do anything as long as you just demonstrate the task to the R1, then the R1 remembers how to do that task. And, and ultimately, so so out of the box, there are a lot of common applications that the rabbit already supports. So you can ask it to book flights for you or or change songs or set directions or uh, a reserve a spot at a restaurant or whatever. There's all these tasks that it supports out of the box. But ultimately, you can train it to do whatever you can show it how to do. Uh, and that's what makes this special. So it's not just something that has a lot of compressed information or has access to a couple of tools, but it is something you can actually teach and train to do the things that you need to be done. I can see, uh, I can see, I can see some obvious clear reasons why this is different, but is this not just an enhancement? Yes, doc, you could use this to, to set up a stream correctly. Is this not just like a next level enhancement of like the Apple shortcut app? Where you give it, you know, like step, step, step. Okay, so I haven't used the shortcut app. I have used like HomeKit and stuff like that. And the thing is, I have to rely on the company that made this product supporting HomeKit and supporting like their API and being able to talk back and forth. I have to rely on companies having already built and like supporting that ecosystem. Whereas the rabbit building, building a shortcut process. Yes. Like they, and, they support and, that. But like with rabbit, I don't, I can just do it. I it, nobody, I don't need a developer to do it. I just need it. I just need to point and click. And then the rabbit rabbit just does it. Um, and now sup- allegedly, supposedly all of these things you could teach. So two, one of two things can happen. One, you can make rabbits available so other people can use them. So if you create rabbits for popular programs, then there will be some type of marketplace. I don't know if it'll be paid or free or how it'll work, but there'll be a marketplace. But the second thing is you can also create rabbits that only you use. And my understanding is all of that stuff only lives with you and your device. That stuff is not stored somewhere else. Other people don't have access to it. And so from that standpoint, it is supposed to be, private as well uh ultimately like we'll have to wait till someone much smarter than me dives in and figures out all the details of how it works but the idea is that no one has to develop an integration you just do the thing it sees you do it and it can mimic it uh are you going to pick one of these up are you going to wait till they come out and no see? probably not i mean i have a, a kind of cynical take on this which is that so it's 199 dollars which uh Frankly, for for <laughs> I don't think there are many things you can buy that teenage engineering designs for less than one hundred and ninety nine dollars. These are the same so, people who did that like calculator that you liked, right? Like the the uh, the, the pocket game thing that yes, uh, I showed yeah, that was all mechanical and had like all the mobile parts. Exactly, it's the same company. So um, all their stuff is is super top notch. It's all all really beautiful stuff. So uh, $199, I do think it's a great deal for that. I am very interested in them. That said, I my cynical take is anything that is successful. Like, I don't like the idea of having a separate device. Like, I already have a phone in my pocket. And I hate the idea of like, oh, I have to have a phone in a pocket and an R1 or, or one of like the humane pens or something like that. I, I think that I think that's kind of dumb. Uh, I haven't bought into that bit of it yet. 
And like I would need to minimize my phone and like maybe only use it in a watch interface before I would introduce like another auxiliary piece of hardware. So my take is that anything that is really awesome and works incredibly well will just get swallowed up by a huge manufacturer and built into like one of our devices in the next year or two, Uh, which again is a bad take and you should support people that, that make groundbreaking stuff and all, all of that. Uh, but I just, I only have so many pockets and I have a lot more pockets than any of the women in here. Am I right? High five, high five. But like, I still know, we know the struggle, but I still only have so many pockets and I just don't, I don't want to put this in one of them. Uh, if anything, I want it more for like the novelty of it when inevitably it's bricked in, uh, two years or a year and a half or as fast as this moves in the next three months. And I could just like put it on a shelf behind me and like point to it as some time in history. Like that's kind of more like, uh, in this poem. like something right there over your shoulder that right there. Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean that, <laughs> that like, that's the same. That's how I regard the R one. Yeah. There's, I guess I regard this more highly cause I bought this, but like, you did actually buy that. And it was, and it was, well, what's the, what's the, the breakdown ratio? Cause like for TVs, we learned that $300 is the threshold that of which you will break your, your, um, your high horse, you'll fall off your high horse. But Completely. what would that ratio be? Would it need to be $150? Is that like the, a, a, for like throwaway cash? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, how it, many iPads? <laughs> <laughs> if this was $50, I wouldn't buy it. I don't know. Like I okay, have to so actually that, so want, is, I have to so want is, something. There is no, there is no dollar amount less that you would actually own this thing at this point in the game. Here's what's funny. If it was too inexpensive, I would think it was garbage. But because of that, any price that validates okay. its worth is more than I want to pay. Okay. How about this though, Patrick? Let's say, how about this? I buy it for 200. You buy yeah. it for me for 400. How's that sound? No, that doesn't that doesn't make <laughs> sense. If I won it in a raffle, I would give them my address so they could ship it to me. Hey, look at that. But so would that you actually the, you'd actually give them the church's address. But I would never <laughs> even enter my name in the raffle because I they would just lose my details or sell them to someone else and I would get even more junk mail than I already get. Well, you would be entered because every time I enter a raffle, I put your name and your info. <laughs> but I will say of all the I say all the, I think, I think I've seen like three personal devices in the last like two months that have been big enough that like the video gets shared at work or something like that. This is my favorite of them. I should be clear. Like the, the humane AI pen, I think is a joke. I, I, do I don't not know what like, that is. Is that the little like square? Yeah. yeah the little okay. lapel looks like an AirPod case thing like that. I just, no, I think that's a joke. Th- this at least like conceptually, like, I understand why what they're doing is different. I I can see how this is unique to just putting an LLM in a small device. And I get that. Um, I still just already have a phone and I don't, you know, I don't know that I'm so inconvenienced or worn down by the existing tech in my life that I want to introduce something to make it more convenient. Um, and I'm waiting to ultimately be ultimately be proved wrong, and eventually a device will come along that I'll just throw out all this thought out the window. Uh, will threw out this idea while you were chatting that, um, well, I guess we were chatting, but while you were talking specifically, we, do you think people would use this piece of technology as a surveillance, like leaving it in their classroom when their t- when their students aren't when they're when they're not there and their students are or their their kids? 
are doing things and they're not they're not around to surveil and see what it learns by watching what the people are doing while that's I don't happening. think that's what this does at all. Okay. Well, but you're just asking about the idea of spying on people? Yeah, can can I spy on people? <laughs> that's my question. <laughs> by the way, you should watch the demo video. The demo video just shows you how to uh, rip off imagery because like literally the demo video from like the CEO of the company is showing you how to take photos and strip watermarks off of them, <laughs> which I uh, think is a ridiculous thing to include in a demo. It's but so you stupid. should check it out. That's ha- that is the that is a fast way to lose a lot of support. you should check it out. <laughs> I, it was such a weird thing to include. It was such a weird thing to put in a demo video, but check out our Rabbit R1 demo video, and I think you'll find it really interesting. Uh, and just go read some of the... They have their... They just call it their research paper. I mean, it's it's a truncated version, but they have some more information on their website, and I do think it's really fascinating. I think if you read it, you'll get a much better understanding of what's happening, so... <sighs> well, I... that There's so much that I feel like I want to say about that, and some of it will be just like seeing how this technology advances in how and whether or not it's actually useful for people or if it's just a novelty, like helpful device. Like, yeah, I don't think it's, yes, I understand what you're saying. Like, like in this form, again, I don't think it's solving a big enough need or providing enough value that it, it does anything for me. Everything we're seeing is, is slowly inching that boundary forward of what's possible. Sure. And eventually it will end up in a form that is groundbreaking, and this is how we get there. I, I would say that for the people that are wanting to put together their own museum, there is a lot of soon-to-be outdated tech to be fodder. collecting right now. We'll say fodder. <laughs> but um, at least it looks cool. The It makes me think of the Roomba. Because when the Roomba first came out, like people were so... Like, this is the future. This is going to change how, yeah. we, uh, do we, how we do everything. There has been no advancement in the Roomba, as far as I know, uh, in, in the past. How many years has it been out? Upwards of three? I'm just kidding. I know it's been out for way longer than that. But, the like, is this just another thing that does one thing a specific way but isn't an all-inclusive? We still don't have the house of the future that Walt Disney promised us where or the Jetsons promised us where it does everything for us everything is getting smarter individually but not everything is I know I'm sure you do people still use the Roomba I'm not saying the Roomba is bad can I just like I'm gonna I'm not yum yucking Roombas okay everybody here we go again here we go okay here we go Kreider loves Roombas people who use Roombas are fine they're fine by me My 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 point is this is a new device that helps you with one thing. But we have yet to find a thing that helps you with everything. Everything well, is getting smarter in its own vacuum. Uh, well, but, pun not intended. But the idea of the the rabbit, and not to sip too much time on this, is exactly what you're saying in that it can work with any of these services that you use without having to have a developer or have an integrator or as have long additional as there's support. A digital, as long as there's a digital interface for it. That's my point. I mean, it can't water your plants if that's your question. That's my point. I'm saying we're, we're not really any closer to the house of the future because everything still has to, is still in its own little ecosystem. I think when we got the, when we got the nest products and we got the, the Google home and when those merge and everything like 
Those are good things, but without having an Amazon account, you can't order things. Without having a Spotify or an Amazon Music account, you can't listen to things. Like everything is still. Here's the thing: you still don't want this anyways. Like side note, we won't get into this conversation. But I mean, up until this past week, Nest was just uh, selling all. Not Nest. Uh, Ring was selling all of your videos to law enforcement so they could spy on people in your neighborhood. And Roombas are like mapping your house and giving that information to companies. And so, like, I don't know that we. I mean, there's a whole other conversation about just how invasive tech is. So. Name one person who's worried about that. <laughs> I, mean, I, I can tell you. I, I don't want any one, of this stuff. I can tell you one person, and uh, she's texting me on the side right now, and that's your mom. Your mom is worried about people watching what's going on and Roomba's mapping them. And that's fine. Like, people, I think. But I'm just saying, how far have we come all, all these years, and yet they are still contingent upon <laughs> your mom just agreed emphatically in all caps that yes she is worried about this um that all of these things are still operating not independent of like everything is operating independently of each other you know what i'm saying and so the so the the issue is that even the things that are given to us as uh if things are made inexpensively it's just because that the real money maker is the data it's harvesting from us right someone so, someone's paying for someone's paying for it and we're just, I mean, everything is built on the the kind of milking us for as much information as possible and then using that information in the in uh, what we hope is only to just try to sell us more stuff. But in worst case, it's like, you know, for other things uh, like, again, like people, uh, uh, you know, surveilling your neighborhood and in, in weird things like that. So I, I don't know. Like, watch. Uh, not quite neighborhood watch. So the um, knights of the night, as as Dwight uh, as Dwight would call it. So the the whole thing is just the the yes we on one hand we want the home of the future like like the the tech uh, making every part more efficient and more valuable and, and letting us like take a break and whatever. Uh, but uh, that's just you know unfortunately we don't get that we we that all gets leveraged to make more money off of us and then we just get displaced from our jobs. Uh, and then our incomes go down, and now we're broke because of all the. It's like a well, horribly destructive thing. So, and uh, what would be great is the day that we we create stuff that is so efficient, we all just get a you know sit on the beach and like let the the tide lap our chairs. Uh, but unfortunately, that's never going to happen. What's going to happen is just we're going to make less and less money, and the minimum wage will never get raised, and then robots will do everything, and then we're all going to live in a gutter. Uh, was this the soapbox you were asking and this for? Has been, <laughs> this has been Patrick's happy thoughts for the night. Uh, you know, we all know what happens if the house ultimately becomes so self-aware. When you're playing video games, you, the score that you yell out makes the oven get hotter and then the, it catches fire. And then we, best case scenario, <laughs> best man. And I just want that dog. Best case scenario. <sighs> well, like uh, like Patrick was saying at the end there, there is a great, beautiful tomorrow and it is shining at the end of every day. OK, that's not what well, I said. We will. Uh, that's what I heard. That was my takeaway. Um, OK, let me uh, let me talk briefly uh, about my category because I think it's super cool. This is another game and uh, shocker. It's another Disney game. This is a game that I got for Christmas. And by got for Christmas, I mean, I bought it for myself around Christmas time. <laughs> um, and that is called Walt Disney Animation Studios Animated. 
This is a co-op board game um, that you are, uh, where you are putting together um, some of Disney's classic animated films. So I'm going to show you briefly what this game is like. Each player gets their own board, and each board is consistent with one of, uh, I think they have six different films represented. This one that I pulled out is the Aladdin board. This looks um, so good, by the way. It does look so good. And the style in this game is is phenomenal. So you have this board, and on this board, um, if you're watching the stream, um, then you're going to get a visual of this. I'm going to do a, an okay job of explaining it, but really, you need to look at it. Um, but there's, uh, it is a a, uh, a double layer board. So as you can see, there's a groove here where um, these pieces go. And these pieces, as you put them together, they make a scene. Okay. I think this goes somewhere over here. Yeah, sure. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. I yeah, yeah. I mean, there I it think it's, or it's up top. goes up top. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, but um, you get the idea. Um, and as you fill up the scene, um, you're able to do different things. And so as you go, there's a studio that you're, you're having to buy supplies from. One of the supplies um, is uh, is ink. So you get jars of ink and you need specific colors of ink because once you've filled up one section of your scene, you can paint, if you get the right ink and paint, um, you can paint animation cells with the characters that you need on it. I'm trying to, there we go. Wow. So these are actual translucent um, like plastic animation cells and the characters are painted on top of it. And see if I can get it to focus. There we go. Um, and so as you go, you, you paint the scene and there's, uh, there's three different characters for each board. You have to do different actions in which to do this. I'm not going to walk through all the details of this because it is a little bit complicated, the, like the mechanic of the game. Um, but each, each, uh, hello, each of the, um, movies comes in this, in, in its own little box and it, the box is, it looks like a book and on the shelf, all these books line up and it has the name of the movie. Let me see if I can show you this in the box. It has the name of the movie and then it's a bookshelf with the different dates on it. Can you see that? Yeah, it looks awesome. So you choose which movies you want to go, you want to play with. Um, and then you have to, you, once you get the movie, um, once you get the movie designed, then you have to go and, and satisfy a certain number of um, requirements to defeat the bad guy um, from that movie. So in this movie, it's Jafar. Once you've defeated Jafar, oh. you flip a board over that has like all I thought all it was your... going to be like the, the studio financier. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> um, these The movies are... Um, uh, you go against their villain, obviously. And then once you've completed your film, you flip it over. Then you move on to help other people complete their film. It is co-op because you have, I think, 13 weeks or months. I'm not sure. You have 13 rounds to get your movie from start date to um, to completion. And if you don't get your movies finished for the premiere date, you lose the game. If not, all of the yeah. people get their, get, their, um, get their movies ready for... Uh, the big screen, you lose out. So this Becca, studio is having to produce how many movies simultaneously? Up to four, because this is an up to four player game. And they have a 13 month window to hand animate up to four feature length films. You know what? I'm just going to look at what it says because. So yeah. it is run the way Disney's actually run. Yeah, it is run exactly like how Disney is actually run. So this is your, this is your, uh, this is your completion timeline and if you don't get it completed wow. by the 13th week um but this is the studio board 
Um, there are different actions that you can do on this studio board. Um, you can, um, gosh, I, if I start telling you, then I then I have to go into all of it. And there's so much to, to describe. We but don't need really, detail. The point is, it's beautiful. Have you actually played it? Yeah, so Becca and I have played it. Each character, by the way, gets like special abilities and you get a token. This particular movie comes with a genie token. Uh, there's 101 Dalmatians and it comes with these little dog treats. And each each movie and the characters play asymmetrically. So each character has a different or each movie has a different set of um, things that it actually does. Um, I have played this game. It is it's tricky. Becca and I only barely beat it. Like we got to the 13th. Once you get to the 13th week, you get one final round to complete all the movies. We managed to do it with, um, by just drawing the right card. Um, and it afforded us the opportunity to turn them in. Um, but I would absolutely recommend this game to anybody who's a Disney fan, um, or a fan of games that play a little bit differently. This isn't like your run of the mill, you know, spin a spin a spinner or roll a dice and move around a board. Like this is um, this takes some. It takes a real level of cooperation, much like when we've played um, Professor Evil in the Citadel of Time. Like yeah. you really have to work together with people to complete it. This is very similar to that. Um, if you don't work with other people and you're just out for yourself, you will both lose. Like it's it's just the that's just the name of the game. But the style is really great. I don't know if you can see the all of them have this kind of retro um 60s style art um all of them do and the movies that are represented are um alice in wonderland fantasia snow white and the seven dwarfs aladdin and 101 dalmatians so i guess there's five movies um that you can choose from so that is the game there's a lot more to it but i wanted to show um i wanted to show all this i think the thing that drew me to the game initially was these little cell animated characters like the 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 actual like game assets are really neat. Like the little shelf, the the kind of books and the cells and all that stuff looks really nice. I don't have any confidence it's a fun game. I tend to just ha- immediately assume that things that look really nice are not fun and things that are really fun look horrifying. Uh, but that said, I would still lean towards buying something that looked nice over buying something that was fun. Uh, I think you would like this game. The level of strategy in it is there. This is not for, this is not for this game actually says it's for 10 and up. I think that's, I think that's good. Realistically, you'd probably want to play with a teenager. Um, little kids would really need to lean like you, they would really need to lean in on you and you'd be essentially playing their turns for them. Um, which may not be as fun. Um, but I think the level of strategy is there with this game that I think you would actually like it. It is produced by Funko. So there's a downside for you. Um, it is produced by Funko. It's not a Ravensburger game, um, which seemingly most of the Disney games these days we see are Ravensburger. So this one's Funko. Um, but the pieces are good. And the I mean, from a great. production quality standpoint, I don't know that I do have any complaints with Funko. In the same way, I don't have any complaints with uh, Ravensburger, Ravensburger, however you say it. Um, it, the things that Disney produces that aren't by those companies, I, I tend to take more issue with, but like just showing that the double layer board, like that looks super high quality. Yeah. It, it, it the, the box is nice too. The one thing that's frustrating on this game that Funko does on all their games though, is they put this, this sticker on the actual box yeah. and not like they don't wrap it in, uh, in plastic. So now you always will have these stickers on there, which is annoying 
to me. But yeah, like it's it's a hearty game. The print design, everything is really really well done. And again, you're you're not playing Disney. You're not playing as Disney proper. You're playing as the animation studio, which I think is. It really adds this layer. The inside of the box, I didn't show you that, but the inside of the box has a really cool pattern that looks like um, it's retro, like 50s, 60s style artwork, like uh, illustrations. It would be cool if it came with like a pack of cigarettes. It comes with it comes with a coupon for cigarettes. Right. So you can get that. Yeah, you, you can't get them on there because it is still a kid's game. But if you're um, like 18 or older. Like a flask tie. When did those come out? <laughs> I guess the, when Disney animation was huge, you would just openly have liquor yeah, you, and just whatever. Yeah, you yeah. would just have uh, you would just have your decanter of scotch sitting there. Here, this is the inside of the box. I had to open it back up anyway. So those colors are fantastic. Like, it how looks, much is the game? <sighs> I want to say it was forty dollars. Yes, yeah, I bought right. it. I bought it online. I think it was forty dollars. Um, great price for the game that it is. Uh, it's really hefty. Uh, it's not cheap. It doesn't feel cheap in your hands. So anyway, I'm a sucker for that like retro style anime, like um, drawing style. Cause it, 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 it brings back all that like uh, mid-century modern feel. The whole thing is designed mid-century modern with like wood, you know, wood um, grains and things like that, that are just, and those, those like subtle soft colors that have pops of like bright colors, but they still have the softness to them. It has all of that um, as part of the, the aesthetic to it. And I'm absolutely here for it. So great. Um, Walt Disney animation studios animated a cooperative game. Go pick it up if you want to. And if you don't, then just come over to my house and we'll play it together. Great. Okay. I think that's going to be it for this week's episode. Um, let's roll some dice. Let's figure out what, I mean, I uh, why I'm not going to respect whatever this is, but <laughs> I will. Uh, 16. So, Lauren, thank you. 16, whatever that means. 16. And uh, 4. No, nope, you're going to do it again, Patrick. Oh, no, I rolled a 19. Sorry, I rolled a 19. Oh, great. Perfect. Okay, so a 19 and a 3. So, 19 and a 3. Okay, everybody. Um, we did it. We made it to the end. Honestly, when it was just the two of us, I thought this was going to be like a 15-minute episode. Turns out, we uh, when we don't see each other and hang out a whole lot, we have a lot to talk about. And that's okay. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode. You can find show notes and links to all the stuff we talked about over at mof1.network. While you're there, you can find a whole slew of other episodes, over 500 actually, in our archive. And uh, there's surely something for you from over the years. We've been doing this for enough years. You can send this to somebody. There's something for them. Please share it with your friends. We had uh, Lightning and Arrows last week shared uh, what we were doing on social media. They did a He did a whole like little mini episode about it on his Instagram story. And it was so cool. So thank you for doing that, Ernie. Um, we need more Ernie's out there. Uh, so be like Ernie and share the show um, because it's that's what we do. That's what friends do. Um, but otherwise, you can find us on uh, twitch.tv slash of one podcast. You can subscribe on there for free. If you have a Prime membership, just throw your Bezos bucks right to it. It's free for you. Uh, super helps us out. Thank you uh, for all of you who do do that. Uh, and if you're not watching this, why aren't you? There's so much more fun stuff to do when you're watching it online live so you can actually be a part of the show. Uh, what else is there? There's nothing else. I think that's it. Find us on social media at M of one podcast. But for now, I'm Andrew and for Patrick, peace out. Adios. Bye. Bye.